0: All right, we are back. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. Uh, that was California Nights, Was Feeling Okay. I love that track. All right, up next, Glenn Holston is standing by to talk about his film, Hollywood Beauty Salon. Hi, Glenn. Hello. Thank you so much for calling in. Oh, it's a pleasure. Oh, my goodness. I watched this film over the weekend, and as I told you off air, it was so emotional and... What made you decide to do this project?
1: Well, I I feel very lucky. I was hired by the organization that houses the Hollywood Beauty Salon. It's called NHS Human Services. I was hired by them to do a corporate video, basically, to help them raise money for their foundation. And I went to their new facility in Germantown in Philadelphia. And, I you know, I filmed art therapy, which is something I've done before and I like very much. And I filmed music therapy, helping people sort of connect with Life through music, which I also enjoyed. Oh, and then yeah. they said, we have this beauty parlor. Would you like to come see it? And I said, of course, we're here. We have the clue. Let's make, let's, let's make some pictures. Right. And I went in, and I met Hollywood first, Rachel, whose nickname is Hollywood. Yeah. And I also met Tanetta, whose nickname was Butterfly. And I thought, boy, I met a woman whose name is Hollywood and a woman whose name is <laughs> Butterfly. This is interesting. Yes. But more than that, I, I heard them talk about what happens in this little beauty parlor, tiny little beauty parlor about mutual support and respect and building each other's, you know, sort of building each other's insides while they work on, you know, outsides. And we all know how important it is to take care of what we look like. Yes. But while they simultaneously were caring for each other and how they feel like, that's what touched me. And I thought at that moment, I'm coming back, and I'm going to make a movie about this place.
0: I love it. And, you know, what really struck me, too, is not only hearing – you know stories let's say Dee was was uh, she closed her eyes and she was saying dear god how mm-hmm. she was teased and she was a foster child and it was heartbreaking but thinking about how they must feel to have their hair washed to have someone take care of them and make them feel and look better that's powerful right.
1: yeah and also to be the person giving that you yes. know they they train at the beauty salon uh, and then they become the caretakers for each other so it's it's reciprocal um, relationship yeah. and anytime we've all had our hair cut it's an intimate experience someone's physically close to you yes. and I think what happens at this tiny beauty parlor they're physically close to each other but then they also become sort of emotionally attached
0: right yeah and it was it's so powerful I know it's opening in New York on Friday correct at the Billy mm-hmm. Center. yeah and uh is it going to be showing anywhere else or is that just the first place
1: no, we're going to st- gonna start in New York, and then we're going to go to Philadelphia, the hometown where it was made. And mm-hmm. then um, in the fall, there's going to be this campaign to have people host it in their own theaters in their own towns, which oh, is dang. kind of a new wave of film distribution. It's like um, Kickstarter meets MGM. You know, I don't quite know how it's going to work <laughs> out, but it's, it's a really wonderful thing because people who feel strongly about the film and want to share it with their community, if they can guarantee about 25 people to the theater they can have it screened in a place near their home.
0: You know what also I wanted to add, too, is that Mm -hmm. I loved how you didn't just make a documentary. You included people in it. They got to see it. They They had a sense of, you know, really being part of the process, it seemed.
1: You're absolutely right. It took four years to make, um, and for four years, every Tuesday, I went to the salon, and whether I had a crew or not, because sometimes I ran out of money and I didn't have a camera crew, okay. sometimes I just went, you know, to give updates, to be in community with people, and that forged a very strong bond. And I also made a promise to them at the start of the film, kind of an anti-filmmaker's promise. I said that they would have final approval. Anything that they saw in the movie that they didn't like wouldn't go in. Okay. And I think that went a long way to building trust. It's great, Um, and then I'm quite happy to say that I had them in the editing room. The men and women in the film came to the editing room multiple times during the process to look at different different cuts, and that was also great—a great learning experience for me and the editor and Tagnell, and again another way to sort of create trust and form an even tighter bond than was there before.
0: It seemed that people would open up to you as this whole thing evolved. Is that correct?
1: The people in the film? Yes. Yeah, I mean, I think you can see from... There's a couple of early scenes that are... So the early workshops where we were all kind of floating about and fishing and we weren't quite sure what we were making. Yes. And um, immediately in the early workshops, people were there and shared openly. And I just think that goes... I think that speaks to the fact that we all have these powerful stories inside of us, but we're rarely asked about them. And this community... In particular, um, may not have had the spotlight on them in terms of me asking, "Who are you?" and you know, "What's happened in your life?" and "What what are memories that you have?" and "What are your hopes?" All things that we connect with as human beings, but I don't think this this population has been asked much. So I think they're very much welcomed the spotlight, and I actually know for a fact we, we all enjoyed it.
0: Well, and when they were asked about their earliest memory, that was just mm-hmm. heartbreaking, and. It's almost like they were never asked that, and then they, they had suppressed so many feelings. They were allowed to yeah. talk about it.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's that was a learning curve for me, and I'm really happy that happened early on because I realized that I was working with really deep trauma. Yeah. And trauma, trauma is something that lots of people have lots of experience with, but I am not a therapist, and I realized at that moment that I should be, supremely careful with these people's experiences. Oh, and from yes. that moment on, in fact we made a we made a pact that everyone, Rachel Carr especially Hollywood, would join us at all of the filming. So we all we were like this little caravan. Each time we filmed a new scene, yes. the entire cast would come and that was for fun, that was to support each other. But it was also a safeguard for me in case someone was triggered and had an emotional Yes a moment that was upsetting. We had a whole community around to support that person. Um and it really worked. It was a very It was an organic process, but it was very effective.
0: But what's interesting, too, is it was such a smart decision, because when you're creating something, if you don't have your target audience in mind, or if you don't take into consideration the feelings and emotions of the people that you're featuring, they're going to feel very shunned, like you didn't even take them into consideration.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a line that I've come up with, and it sounds like a bit of a slogan, but it's, at heart it's true. It, you know, like, you want to be a story maker and not a story taker. Yes. So you're, you're working in community and collaboration with these men and women, and the fantastic part is it, their spirits were enlightened by it, and they came up with these great ideas that I, pro- I possibly never could have come up with. So we needed each other yes. to make this the film that it is.
0: Now, uh, what what made you come up with the idea of including some animation? I love that scene with the flowers. With Chris, oh, yeah. I Crystal was walking along, and there were flowers coming up behind her. Yeah. You
1: watched it really carefully, yeah, thank did you? Yeah, I
0: did. I studied it.
1: Um, yeah, so Chris, that's interesting. That's, there's two, two, two forms of animation. Crystal, the first time I met her, she said, I'm a blooming flower. Aww. And I uh, just that beautiful voice that feels like it's a little southern. Yes. And I immediately actually saw that in my head about a... a her walking down the city street with, with every time she took a step, flowers would come up from where her feet touched the ground. And yeah, so I worked yeah. with an animator to make that happen, and it was it's really a lovely moment for me. And, and when we've screened it, people often break out to applause when that happens because mm-hmm. it's such a nice surprise.
0: It's beautiful. It was so beautiful.
1: There's another animation in that tells a very sad story when Rachel, Rachel, yes. one of the main character, leaves her um, abusive abusive partner, and oh. that. That came about out of necessity, because she had a very strong vision of telling the story. She really wanted to share it, but she wanted to do it with Mm reenactments, which was kind of scary to me, and also, quite frankly, beyond the budget of the funds that I had raised. Sure. Because to do do reenactments right, you just need to spend a lot of Hollywood money, which wasn't this film. So I introduced her to an animator that I've worked with before. His name is Paul Fierlinger, and... He himself comes from a history of um, trauma, and listened to her carefully, and she speaks in metaphors naturally, and he just took her metaphors and visualized them and made that powerful scene.
0: I thought it was tremendous. And where can people find out more about the film?
1: Well, our website is a great place, uh, and we have a brand new, so we gave we our website a beauty makeover. It's com. Okay. And there's a trailer on there, and I'm going to put some clips from the film, and there's lovely, lovely photographs of the process.
0: Now, I can imagine that being part of this film, producing this film, has changed you in some way?
1: In in many ways, yeah. This is the second film that I have done that sort of takes on the world of mental health, and um, I'm so grateful for the opportunity because not only have I learned and grown from just these human connections I've made with these beautiful people, but I've also learned so much about the journeys that we all go through, and and it's really helped me in my day when I deal with people. You just never know. You know, most, as Rachel says, we're all recovering from something. Yes. And um, those are very powerful words to keep in mind when you're having any interaction in the world with people. um, You don't know what experiences that person has had, and it might be a moment you need to give them a little space or make room for them as they need to move through what what their mind is, is, is living through. Right. I, I also feel like it's an untapped field too. I can't wait to do another film in the in this genre, this community.
0: Well, you have a very delicate sense about you because it's a it's a fine line, and you have to be very sensitive to people. And I'm sure, when you probably started this, as you said earlier, you didn't really you don't come from a psychology background, and you probably gained so much insight into. Wait a minute, this is a this is a deeply emotional, moving experience. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. There's. One of my favorite moments was we had a scene um, where someone was someone was having a little bit of a hard day, and mm-hmm. I felt like it showed the truth about what it, you know, every day is not a happy day at the beauty farm. There's challenges. And I, I showed it um, to the group, and they said, keep it in. It shows it what it's really like. Yes. And um, I love that we got that permission to do that, and that they felt strongly about showing a true picture in addition to all the, the wonderful, very lovely pictures we see.
0: Yes. Well, I want to thank you so much for calling in. We have to wrap up, but uh, again, throw out your website and where people can find out more information about it.
1: HollywoodBeautySalonMovie.com
0: Okay, and up on my blog, org is the trailer. Uh, Great. I put the Vimeo and the YouTube and your bio. Uh, you have a very, very interesting background, and it's going to be an amazing opening in New York this week, so that's very exciting. Congratulations.
1: Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for the time and the attention. I'm really grateful.
0: Absolutely. Hope to meet you sometime, Glenn.
1: That'd be super. Have a great day. You too. Take care.
0: Bye-bye. That was Glenn Holston calling in to talk about his film, Hollywood Beauty Salon, that's opening this Friday in New York at the Village East Cinema. And if you missed any part of the show, I am recording these segments. They will be up on my blog within an hour after I wrap. Again, getthefunkoutshow.kuci. We'll take a teeny-weeny break, and then I'll be back to talk about an event that's happening at the Paul Mirage School of Business. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine.